Are you ready to receive from God's word? I'm so excited to, to be able to, to bring the message today and, and, and really think like it's been things that Pastor Mark has been sharing over the last weeks really has been speaking into my heart. And I just want to take a moment to share that with you. I think it's really, it's really simple, but I think it's really transforming. Like this word that Mark, Mark was bringing is found in Acts 11. 19 to 24. Meanwhile, the believers who fled from Jerusalem during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the good news, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene also gave the message about the Lord Jesus to some Greeks. And the Lord honored this effort. So that large, large numbers of the Gentiles became believers. I love this. Uh, you know, like it's been over the last week, Pastor Mark has been sharing this Bible verse, and somehow like in my heart was all this time the word some. Some. Some of the believers. Some of them. And just got me thinking, it's not really like a precise word, right? It has some, some generic, a bit generic. Like, I don't know who is, who is fine with, who likes more to have like precise words? And who is fine with some generic? Hey, ingredient is like, <laughs> I'm, I'm half, half, well, I'm half German, half Spanish. I grew up in Spain. But my mom is from Berlin, so half Berliner. So I can, I can handle both. I can handle the specifics. <laughs> and I can handle the generics. I think I got learned through, through time. But really this word, some, you know, like I, I was thinking, like it reminded me when I, came, when I came to Berlin, my German auntie asked me one day if I could help her to, she wanted to learn how to do paella. It's the only thing I actually know how to cook well. Have you tried paella? Is this big, big, yeah? All right, it's yours. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I went with my little equipment to her place in Spandau and you set it up after five minutes cooking. Well, five minutes too long. After a few moments, she, went, she started to ask me like, okay, what do you need to give me? Like she had a notebook and pen ready. So I started putting some olive oil, some, add some stuff, like a bit of this, a bit of that. And she, but how many spoons of olive oil? How many, how many, how many, how much salt? I'm like, I don't know, I just feel like a, a bit. So like, this is too generic. It's not going to work with me. So yes, she gave up, like straight away. Like, oh, just like, I watch you and then you just like do it. So really realize like how this word, some, like some is too ordinary, right? It's too, I don't know, some people, like people that like baking, they're really, really, I was talking to Joshua, he loves baking. You can't change baking things. It's really precise. And that's why when she likes baking, I would say that she's really awesome cooking because she has a lot of creativity on it. And then when, when she brings something, like she doesn't bake too often, but sometimes she brings something out of the oven, it's flat. I'm like, well, like maybe you should, why, why do you think it's flat? I don't know. It's flat. And I said, well, did you follow the recipe? Well, 
I thought I would change this for this and this for that. And I, I'm like, okay, that's why it's flat. It's not <laughs> anyway, so like, it's some words that are needed for specific and some things that are needed for generics. But this word, some, just caught my attention because it's talking about a group of people. It sounds like really ordinary. It's nothing special about it. It's not some names. It's that ordinary some people. But what happened when they brought God into the picture and how God honored the effort? You know, I think that combination, it was really got my attention so much. And you know, it's another story that I read that I found like it's so connected to this where some made a huge difference. And you could also see like how Jesus honored the effort of the Psalm. Do you want me to read it to you? Yeah. It's found in Mark 2, 1 to 12. It's a few Bible verses. Just bear with me. Just look at the screen. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such a large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get, in, not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what this was, the spirit that this was the, what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to, for, on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. So he got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. How awesome is this? Like some, some men came. Some, again, some people. Some people decided to do something and God honored the effort. It's the same principle. And, you know, like I think like there are things here that combine this ordinary thing of a group of people that we know no names, we know nothing about them. They're mentioned in the Bible. But it's so powerful that Jesus was, says here, impressed by their belief. You know, he was so amazed of the faith. So I just got me, just want to share these few moments with you about this story, things I think we can learn from it. And the title of the message, if you are taking notes, is called A Summer of Friendships.
we, you probably heard about Summer Friendships. Connie's been talking about it. Pastor Mark has been talking about it over the last weeks. And, and I really want to say, okay, what is this? How does it look like practically for us? I'm, I'm responsible for community in our church. So everything that you see in that calendar, like all these gatherings around, basically like we're planning for it. We're believing for it. We're putting that together thinking that's our community over summer. And I, just coming out of the story, I thought like, man, these are not just dates on a piece of paper. If we apply the same thing here, this could be miracles waiting to happen. With some people going to the park and inviting God into the situation. I'm telling you, like over the last years, I've seen like summer as the best opportunity for our church to reflect God's love, God's goodness, God's mercy towards friends, family, work colleagues, maybe people that would never come even to Sunday, but they will join the charity one in the park or they will join dinner parties in the park, volleyball competitions. And I like the, the response of the people when they saw what Jesus did. They were impressed. They had never seen anything like this. I believe the same for us. I'm, from this story, right, like it's another version that says in the message version, Jesus was impressed by the bold faith. Impressed by the bold faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic, son, I forgive your sins. Who were these some men that were able to impress Jesus? Imagine Jesus sitting there preaching the word to people and say, wow, what's going on? Impressed by people coming in. So I really think that anyone that's able to impress Jesus, I want to learn from them. Imagine God like, wow, Grady, man. Whoa, 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 hold on. Isaac, like, you know, Alberto, wow. Like, what faith. And I think like it's not disconnected from us today in Berlin, in Warsaw, Prague, wherever we are. I think it's something that God has put into us, but we need to put into action. So I just found here in this story three things that we can all learn from them and we can bring into a summer, summer friendships, 2023, in Berlin, in Prague, or in Warsaw. Yeah? Are you ready? Number one, they had a clear goal and shared a common purpose. Think this friendship was not based only on on the favorite color, the favorite music, the hobbies. I think it was a bit deeper than that. They had a friendship where where they had dreams, they had aspirations, they thought things, they wanted to achieve things, and they thought, man, it's all how I, I just create me thinking. Imagine, get your imagination working a bit, right? Imagine this group of friends. We don't know the names, we don't know who they are, so you can imagine whatever you want. But <laughs> imagine this group of friends thinking about so many things that we could achieve, but we also always need to be carrying this friend around. He's not well. How many things could we achieve if he would be nice standing on the feet and walking? Where could we go? Maybe we could travel to the place we're dreaming. Maybe we can go to the other side of the city, of the city without carrying him. And then that one day, opportunity comes, right? Yeah. What if Jesus maybe is the, the person people say who he is? Maybe he can heal a friend. Why don't we get together and do something about it? Why don't we get together and, and plan how can we get our friend healed? 
what can we do? I think some of friendships takes a totally new level when we share a common purpose and have a clear goal. In Acts 2, 42 to 47, this is about the first century believers. It gives us a really beautiful picture of a community with a common purpose and a clear goal. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep, deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had common purpose. They sold the property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at, one, at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. I love how this changes this. It's not a Bible, it's not a community about me. It's about others. It's about a community. It's about friendship. It's not about like that one, one hero, one guy. is describing here a community of faith. You know, and it makes me ask the question, if we're going to declare this as some of friendship with God in it, can you see yourself used by God over the summer? Can you see yourself, God, using you over the next two and a half months to bring mercy, grace, miracles, healing, restoration, salvation to the people around you? Can you see God using you in dinner parties in the park when we are all, tables are laid down and, and we're sitting there and people are looking around and your friend come in and it's like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Can you see yourself being used by God in Charity Water? By we are running here 5K. Another community in another part of the world have been able to break out of the cycle of poverty and have clean water. Can you see yourself being used by God in God's house? Here on Sunday. Lifting your arms, lifting your voice, bringing an atmosphere of faith. Type of faith that God was impressed about. That's going to help all the people around to say, Wow, this is what I need, a place of faith. I believe this is what we can see over the summer. We have this in front of us, a clear goal and a common purpose. Number two, are you good? Yep. Number two, I think this is another thing I can, we can learn all from them. I love this one. They were solutions-oriented and took personal responsibility. It sounds just like a few Bible verses, but it sounds really easy to bring a man from the roof to the floor, but it's actually, it seems a bit more strategy for that. Imagine this group of friends that's getting to the door and saying, oh, it's too crowded. I guess it's not going to be today. They didn't accept an offer and answer. They just went for it. Said, like, well, let's find a way. I can imagine like, Even where they were planning that, thinking, hey, you know, if Jesus is coming, I'm taking off work, I'm going to be with you there. If Jesus is coming here, let's get this friend. We need him. 
because he's, he's the engineer with us, <laughs> just in case. Uh, let's get this other friend. We need a few friends. Come on, let's go and bring our friend to Jesus. God, God there, couldn't get in. What can we do? One guy, it probably was like someone like, like Dennis. I have an idea, a hole through the roof. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, it sounds crazy, but... And then the other guy, oh, is that legal? Is that other guy, oh, is that any, any... Jesus is inside. What if I break? For, for, you know, like, think about the whole picture. A group of friends finding solutions and taking personal responsibility. They didn't leave it for someone else. They were themselves taking personal responsibility for that one friend. It takes some to help one. He could not walk. He could not even speak. He doesn't say anything in the Bible. He's speaking to Jesus. He's the friends where Jesus was impressed. He, they just brought him there. And, you know, like I think with this word of taking personal responsibility, I think it's such a key thing for some of friendships, for, a, it's for, a, for God's house. I remember as I grew up, I, I, I'm part of a big family. I'm... I'm the oldest of five siblings, plus my parents were seven. So every dinner was like a dinner party. Imagine having dinner party at your place every day, right? And, and it was not like in, in Sweden that you can play PlayStation while you're having dinner. No, you need to be all sitting there, eating at the same time. And setting up the table was already like so annoying. Like, to go to the kitchen, grab this, get that. And then it's always something missing. Someone is temp like, like so you learn pretty early in a family setting how to take personal responsibility, right? If you are sitting, you better have a good reason. Because otherwise your brother, one of the brothers is going to come and psh, slap you. Come on, let's get, bring the spoons to the table. Bring the forks, bring the, bring the plates, bring the water. Why? Because it's a family. We take personal responsibility for us. It's not like my, my mom's job, my dad's job, my sister's job, my other brother's job. It's all of us. And I think that's why, like, what I, the thing I can remember the earliest, maybe, understanding I had of taking personal responsibility in a family setting. My daughter Joy is not even two, and we're trying to give her responsibility. Like, <laughs> she's in charge of watering the plants. <laughs> but she loves it. She's like, like, just watering and everything. But she doesn't understand that yet. But slowly, she's going to understand what personal responsibility means. means. When we moved to Berlin 11 years ago, I, I was invited by my, by my neighbors, front door, to come to church. So we came to this church. And it was like really awesome, like a smaller room, few people, but people welcoming, people, people like, you know, like just the same spirit that we have here today. And worship was awesome. I love the message from, from Mark. I'm like, man, this is awesome. At the end of the service, I was at the end, at the back, and, and, I, thought, and I saw people making the peace with God every Sunday in Berlin. When I came from Spain, no one told me that Berlin is a city where people go for God, young people. And it got me so intrigued. I'm like, I want to be part of this. I want to find out what is this. What is this? I've been part of church before, but I want to find out what is this people. And... I remember the moment where it flipped for me, where it's like, you know, these key moments that you understand something and like, okay, it never, it never leaves you. That moment was when 
it was asked from stage. I was standing, we were, I think during MC time, we were standing, like what Connie was doing. We we're all standing. And then this question was asked. Imagine how would church look like if everyone would be like you? I, I know it's quite confronting for a hot Sunday morning, but I'm just saying my story. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, it's my own story. You can do what it is, whatever you want. But it got me thinking. I looked at Sheila, my wife, standing next to each other, and like, okay, I think we need to, we need to talk later. So when the service finished, we went back home with our bikes, cycling to Nekern. And on the way, we had such a good conversation that we'll never forget. And we were talking about like, hey, you know what? We can make really small adjustments that can help us to take personal responsibility for a family of faith. Really small things. For example, we were coming 20 minutes late. Maybe like some of the guys, no, no. <laughs> so we're coming 20 minutes late. Just sat at the back and started to think, you know what? Maybe I can come 10 minutes earlier. Because everything I like about worship, I love worship, but it would not exist if everyone would be like me. It would be nothing. Really small adjustments that made a much difference. The night before on Saturday, I just went home half an hour earlier. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be today. And then since we never stopped doing it, we thought, okay, you know, that's not so difficult. It's actually super rewarding because we saw God using us. We saw people that we could talk that no one else was there and we were actually talking to them. So just like short story of how I understood personal responsibility in God's house. What if we start contributing with our tithes, with our offerings? How would church look like? What if we start maybe, you know, I know I like to have the hands in my pocket, but maybe it's the person next to me needs some faith as well. And me going for it and, and lifting the team and praising God creates an atmosphere of faith. I'm just sharing my story, yeah? That's my story on a few small adjustments that make a massive impact in my own life and it helped people around me. If we want to go to the summer of friendships, I think it's going to be key for us to take personal responsibility for friends and to be solutions-oriented. It's one Bible verse. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but you can take, maybe write it down. It's found in First of Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 27. It's Apostle Paul writing to the church, and he writes about how everyone has a function in the body. He compares the church to like a body, and every part of the body has a different function, and we are all functioning together. So if you want to write that down, you can read it on your own time. It's really, really awesome. You know, and again, if, if you are new, if you're coming visiting today, it's no expectation on this. I'm just talking to, if this is your family of faith, you know, it's something like we can all do for that. So I believe this is gonna be awesome for a summer friendship. Are you ready for number three? Number three, they had expectation and bold belief. They had expectation and bold belief. Bold belief. How amazing was that that Jesus himself was impressed by the bold belief. Look at the actions. They, they, they only knew they knew if we only can find a way in, 
everything else will be solved. They didn't plan a way out. Like in the movies, in the, in the heist, when you need to come in and come out. Like, no, no. They just knew one way in, Jesus will do the rest. It's amazing because the story tells us that they couldn't get through the door because it was packed with people. And at the end of the story, so it shows us that he walked out through the door and everyone was impressed. And they're saying, we've never seen anything like this. The same crowd that was blocking him to come in because of the friends of the bold belief, they, brought, they made a way in and let Jesus do the rest. I believe the same is for us in, in our church. We always say, come as you are. Come as you are, but let God transform you. I believe any moment in God's presence, He never leaves you the same way you came in. A few chapters later, in the same Gospel of Mark, we find a different story. It's found in Mark 6, 5 to 7. Jesus went to his hometown. The same, same approach, talking to people, preaching the word. But look what it says here. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at the lack of faith. How crazy is that, right? In one story, Jesus is amazed by the bold belief. In the next story, Jesus is amazed by the lack of faith. And he couldn't even perform any big things. I think that this wide expectation is so important. This story, this story shows us that it needs some to help one. And what I do in the sum matters. My faith, my expectation, my bold belief is important to God. And he puts his extraordinary spirit into every single one of us. And look what happens when, when that combination takes place. Through this summer, through the next months ahead, think about who's going to be coming in this situation through the roof. Well, maybe not, not physically, because like four levels to come down through the roof, maybe through the back doors. But who's coming that is broken? Who's coming that needs healing? Who's coming that is at the end that needs friends to carry, carry him or her? Who's coming or who are you bringing? Who needs you maybe to bring them? I believe like, it's not going to be one, a one-person story. It's going to be the same story like this. A sum of friendships will be some, a community of faith, a community where we're willing to take, leave the preference aside, leave their own little opinions or thoughts aside, go, get into a clear purpose, common purpose, clear goal, solutions, taking responsibility with bold expectation and believing that God is going to do the rest. I'm gonna pray in a moment and then, and then we're gonna keep worshiping. And, but you know, like one thing, one thing that I really, because of my role, because of being part of community, community group hosts, helping other community group hosts, sports life, all of these things, I get to hear so many stories of our friends. I have also my own friends and family coming that, you know, people that were coming in a moment that they were not even able to speak for themselves, to have faith for themselves. They needed someone to bring them. 
they needed someone to believe. Maybe someone that's going to be through the summer at the end of our relationship and not knowing what to do anymore. God, if you don't come through, I don't know what to do anymore. I believe God's house is going to be the place for, the, for that, that person. Maybe someone needing healing. We're praying for people today for healing from cancer. They need us, a community of, of friends, a community of faith, to believe and stand with them. Maybe someone at the end of mental health. Really, not, I cannot wake up one more day. They don't need a friend that's going to say, no, you are right. They need a friend that says, you're going to be, you're going to be okay when in, God's, in God's hands. Come with me. They're going to need that type of friends. My question for all of us, are we willing to be that community of faith? That sum of friendships is going to be our sum, ordinary, everyday life mixed with God's extraordinary This, this person that came to Jesus, he came broken and he came paraplegic. He could not walk. Jesus forgave his sins. He restored him. He made him whole. He healed him and he walked out. He didn't even need to speak to him. And I believe some people are going to be here coming over the summer, even just looking through some lyrics on the screen during worship. Maybe not being able even to think, to, to sing, or to declare God's goodness. Maybe it's too much for me. But I start reading on the screen. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. This is who you are. This is who you are, Jesus. This is who are to my life.